Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, friends. Welcome back. We are in week eight of the COVID-19 global retreat for wellness, as we're calling it around here. And I was reading an article the other day about the different kinds of stress that we are all experiencing. Of course, there is stress around our physical health and our mental health, but also financial and financial health. That's why I'm so excited to have my guest today, Andrea Warwick, who is a finance expert. She's passionate about helping women take control of their family's financial future. She's a nationally recognized consumer and money-saving expert, writer, and speaker. And we got to dive into everything from the stories and limiting beliefs around money to creating habits that compound to create the future we want and desire. So excited to have Andrea here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell me um, a little bit about your mission and who you are um, for, you know, what is it that you believe is um, your mission with your work right now? Yes. Well, what's interesting is my background's in media and public relations, and I kind of fell into a role about 10 years ago. So in the 2008 recession, I went from luxury travel, which was really unstable, and I started working with a discount shopping site. And that kind of pushed me towards this role of being a money-saving expert. I started writing and blogging about it. It was something that I always had been passionate about, which I didn't realize until that moment. And I built my brand during a time when people were seeking advice on how to save. And I became really passionate about it. And so it's interesting that we're finding ourselves in this time now because I'm seeing the same trends, the same issues arising. Consumers, families, individuals are out of work. They're losing, cutting, cut hours, cut wages. People who didn't have to worry about money before are now finding themselves struggling, are now finding themselves pinching pennies and trying to figure out which bills are they going to pay now and which ones do they have to defer. And so I'm leaning towards all my research, my expertise, my own personal experience, and hoping to help people, whether you are in a tight financial position, or even if you're not, what you should still do now to make sure you're not in a tight financial position down the road, because we don't know the long-term economic impact of the coronavirus outbreak. And so everybody should be managing their money, building their savings now to really create stability for themselves in the future. Absolutely. And how, so you said you are, you have a media background. Tell us a little bit about the journey to, and you know, you obviously have a passion for this and kind of how did that unfold? Right. Well, and and let me first just, um, you know, finish explaining, I guess, because I was thinking, I didn't really say what I do now. And so as a money saving expert, I have my own site where I blog and write articles, but I also contribute to a bunch of different personal finance and lifestyle sites. So you'll find my articles on US News and World Report, Go Banking Rates, Huffington Post, The Kitchen even, because I talk a lot about grocery shopping for families. 
And then I'll contribute to TV. A lot of reporters and producers come to me. So I've worked with Today Show and Good Morning America. So I just have all these different outlets where I share my money saving tips. And I'm just really passionate about helping families, especially moms, working moms who are trying to manage and do all the things and financial stress on top of all that stress is just makes life even crazier. And so my goal is just to help alleviate that one part of your stress. So you have one area that you feel confident about, gain control over, and um, then can focus on your kids and your work. So that's kind of my passion. And my story as it unfolded, just to keep it, I guess, as concise as possible, um, my I grew up with a very frugal background. I mean, my, my parents were comfortable. My father was a physician. My mom stayed home, though. And but I was my, my grandparents came from Ukraine. So I was always raised with this really frugal mindset, you know, eat all your food, don't be wasteful with your spending, buy used, don't buy anything you don't need. If you have it, it's good. If it broke, you could probably fix it. That kind of mentality. But and I think like most people, if you weren't really raised, were taught, which I think a lot of parents didn't do, and hopefully more are starting to do it now because they learn from their own experience. But you know, my parents said, don't get a credit card, but they didn't really explain why or how to manage a credit card. So I went to college, took out some loans, used my loans to go on spring break. Then after college was living in New York City, where I was starting this journey of media and, and PR and wasn't making a lot of money, got into debt because I was trying to keep up with a lifestyle I couldn't afford, which I think a lot of Americans do these days. And got into that consumerism mentality, buying things, going out to eat and drink with my friends, wanting designer clothes to keep up with other people in my business and in that world. And started to realize, wow, if I continue down this path, one, it's going to be impossible to get out of debt with the money I'm making. It's going to keep me from all these other goals. And I just knew that that wasn't the life I wanted. So I took charge. I moved out of Manhattan got a roommate and really was working hard to pay down my debts, working extra jobs, making swaps instead of going out to eat, cooking at home more, like doing all those things that people tell you to do. I was living that and finally got out of debt. And so that also intertwined at that time when I started working with the discount shopping site, as I mentioned earlier. And I realized not only was I passionate and excited to share those tips with other people to help other people realize their opportunities for creating financial wellness, but I also as a female, I was really passionate about helping other women um, understand the importance of knowing how to manage their own money and also not relying on somebody else to provide financial stability for themselves. So that was another thing that I was really, I, I found important, which also came from personal experience because my mother, who didn't work, all of a sudden found herself in a position when she was getting divorced that life was a lot harder to manage because she didn't have the that the financial management skills that she should have at the time. But then also, um, as I was working with um, this in this personal finance space now, I was also then working with media who found my advice so important and useful during that recession, during that downturn. And that gave me the opportunity to really build my brand and, and go out and help other people. Mm. I love that. I can relate to a lot of that, including living in New York and living sort of making money in New York, which quickly <laughs> just disappears in that city. 
Yes. I mean, I, I think, you know, New York is such an amazing place and I miss it so much, but it, you really have to make a lot of sacrifices to live there with your finances. Yeah. But I love empowering women. I feel like it's a generational shift to this idea of empowering us as women to have an equal, at least an equal partnership in the financial conversations and to really understand as a family, what's happening, not sort of right. Yeah. There, yeah. And I think there's a couple of parts to that. First of all, it's no matter who in the relationship is more financially savvy, maybe it is the woman, maybe it is the female, but no matter what, you should include your partner in those conversations because you can educate your partner then as well. Um, and perhaps bring them to your level, which could also help your various financial goals. And so maybe they would understand why it's so important to work towards that budget and savings goals as well. But you never know what could happen at any time as well. And no one should be held in the dark because you should be able to jump in and manage those bills, know how to pay those bills, know where the money is in retirement and, and stock market or wherever you're putting your savings um, so that, you know, there is no confusion. But also, if you split, you want to be able to provide for yourself and know how to do that. So that can, you know, a lot of women are may put themselves in a tough position if they aren't being um, aware of that importance in their life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you say, um, or you've said that you don't have to be good with numbers to be good with money. Right. <laughs> so can you speak to that a little bit? What skills do you need to be good with money? Right. So you know, I think back, I remember this fourth grade class and we were learning fractions and I think I just dazed off. I was always the art kid and, and all that. And, um, I, I remember back in like high school, like thinking back to that fourth grade class thinking, why didn't I just pay attention? Maybe I would understand fractions today better if I just listened harder when I was younger. But no, the truth is, um, you don't need to be a math wizard. You don't need to be an economic wizard. Uh, you, you didn't even have to study any type of financial information previously to be good with money. It's really a basic principle. And then you can dig deeper and learn from reading, talking to other people. But the basic principle is so simple to understand. Spend less than you earn and build savings savings is so crucial for a couple of reasons. One, your savings is there to protect you if you lose your job or get reduced hours or you get sick and you can't work. The savings is there to help get you through that time so you don't get into credit card debt. If you get into debt and you carry a balance, you're going to be wasting money on interest and it's going to keep you from getting ahead and towards reaching goals like buying a house or going on just vacation with your family that you've been dreaming of. So it's also learning how to prioritize what you're spending money on and learning how to identify the things that make you happy and spend money on those things and then figure out how to cut back on everything else and don't waste money on the things that aren't bringing you true happiness and joy. I love that. And why do you think so many of us, I think women especially, but why do you think we have such a negative money stories. And like, it's such a taboo. I, I notice in my coaching, a lot of women, when we talk about particularly as, as entrepreneurs, investing in ourselves and our business, right, right. Really a lot of limiting beliefs come up a lot of, you know, negative stories around that. You've probably seen that. And what are your thoughts? Right. on? Right. Well, I think it's, 
it's probably a couple different things that play into that. But one might be poor financial education. We weren't given, especially in school growing up, and our generation, those financial tools to learn how to manage money. Money for me, especially growing up and going watching my parents go through a divorce, money was often taught uh, to be scarce and always worrying about where we were going to get money or have money or have enough money or um, so that scarcity mindset and then just bringing more negativity and anxiousness around it where and then when you tell yourself when you don't know how to save and you tell yourself you don't know how to save, then you don't save. So I think a lot of people just don't understand how their thoughts influence their actions and how those negative stories that they tell themselves about how they manage money lead them to those poor money man- management habits. And then also it's a gen- it, it's um it, it's a gender thing as well, you know. People tell us women are spenders, women love to shop, um women don't know how to save, you know, all the stories about how uh, women don't make enough money and men make the money Man, men provide those also fill our stories and provide and lead to the negative ways we think about money which then leads to the negative ways we act with our money so it really is important for people to look within themselves and think about how they associate their thoughts with money and how they can change that i love it and i love that you brought up habits because i'm a big fan of habits and the power of them. So what are what are the most powerful habits in your mind in terms of really empowering ourselves to to make changes in a positive financial way? Right. Well, you know, there are the actual action habits actions that you can take on a daily basis or regular monthly basis to be better with money. And then I think it's also just like a habit of thought as well that is really important to adopt. So the daily or monthly actions you would take would be just being really smart about checking your bank account or credit cards. We have instant access on our phones. So if you just did it over your cup of coffee every morning and just look through what you're spending money on, because we use credit cards and digital payment platforms, it's so easy to spend more than you realize because you're not actually dealing with cash, with dollar bills. There are so many studies that show that people who pay with plastic spend more than if they were paying with just money. And there, it even goes further to show that people who have like a hundred dollar bill, if you go to the grocery store with a hundred dollar bill, you're less likely to buy a five dollar item that you find that you really don't need or, or Target. Let's say that's probably a better example because you don't want to break that hundred dollar bill because that's like scarce and it's more valuable than if you just had a five or a 10. And so to the point that I was making is that, you know, just checking your accounts on a daily basis would help you be more aware of how you're spending money, make you more aware of your saving and spending habits. And then you'll be less likely to, you'll be held more accountable to what you're spending on. And I even like using an app like Mint, for instance, this actually allows you to track all your spending across your credit cards and banks and just really link all your financial accounts in one place. And they can, um, send alerts to you when a payment posts. And so it just holds you accountable uh, to each and every dollar you spend. And you can even link that with your partner's financial accounts. So you kind of get this one snapshot of all your finances in one place. And when you look at that and you see maybe how much you have in savings versus debt or your balance on your credit card, it makes you more aware of where you need to make those changes. 
And so that's something you could do on a daily basis. Uh, you might even want, I've even seen some people writing out their spending every time they spend money, like the act of writing it out makes you feel more connected to it and maybe then more guilty to those spendings. And maybe you'll then think twice before you make an impulse purchase. So those are different things that you could try to implement. But I would definitely say tracking your money and being looking at it. You can't change what you can't see. So you need that physical view, like looking at your bank statements, looking at the app to see how your money is spending. And then on a monthly basis, checking in on your budget. How did you do? People create a budget, but then they don't ever really balance it and look at to see how they're trending. So it's important for you every month to sit down with your partner, yourself, and actually go through it and see how you are doing with that budget. Because there aren't actual restrictions on your cards and your bank accounts to keep you from spending on those categories, right? So you need to be holding yourself accountable. And so those are just some things to think about. And then from a um, from a thought perspective, the habit should just be for yourself to get to ask yourself questions before you buy anything before you spend money on ask yourself, is this worth my time? And what I mean by that is break down how much you make per hour and then calculate the potential purchase. Is that worth my working time to buy that to spend money on that? Ask yourself if you're doing something, whether you want to booking a, a pricey vacation or going out to a fancy meal, just because you want to keep up with some kind of lifestyle that you think other people expect you to live. And ask yourself also when it comes to material items, do I already have that? Do I already have something similar to that? Do I really need to replace it? And then a, a, a one last thought is, is this worth my money? Like what is the cost per wear or per, per use? So. And that's more just for material things because we do need clothing. There are those items you need to purchase, right? Clothing for your kids and all this. So try to stick with those high quality items that will last and try not to waste money on the cheap things that will break over and over again. And so that, and so there's a couple different habits there that you can adopt into your life to really manage your money better. Great. So given our current situation, and you kind of alluded to this in the beginning, but many families have are in stressful positions of either losing one or both income. Right. I know it's such a tough time right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of unknown, but are there specific strategies or ways that you're advising people to be thinking ahead? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So first I want to just point out that it's going to depend on your family and your personal financial situation, because I'm seeing people in a couple different areas. So there are some people who have completely lost their jobs or maybe been furloughed and are just not making any money at all. Maybe some people have just had cut cut hours or maybe their business has had to temporarily close or lost a client. Me, I lost a client recently, you know? And so now that's taken away from my income. And then there are people who are still working their jobs. They're working from home, they're working remotely, and they're still making the same income. And so for them, the biggest change has been where they're working from, not really necessarily their financial situation. And so obviously the advice I share is going to vary based on your situation. But what I tell people is that no matter what your position is right now, don't, and I don't want to be negative, but don't just feel too comfortable because you don't know what the situation might be in a couple of weeks or in a couple of months from now. And instead of just being negative and trying to scare anyone, I'm hoping to motivate people to realize the importance of saving. And so that's the number one tip. And I talked about it a little bit earlier, but 
you need to have that emergency savings. So even if you have a job now and you're wondering where to put your extra cash that you got maybe from the stimulus check or your tax refund, or maybe you're saving money on childcare and extracurricular activities, and instead of going on a shopping spree because there are so many Black Friday-like sales now that I've been seeing everywhere, put that towards a separate account. This will just give you that security blanket, that peace of mind that you have money in case something happens. So in case your company closes and you lose your job or they need to furlough you for a few weeks, you have that on the back burner for yourself to take care of you and your family. But also for everybody else, do your due diligence in understanding which bills you need to pay and which ones you can defer. And when I mean that, when I say that, I mean, call all your creditors and your bill providers. A lot of companies are allowing people to defer payments, which is great, but not all those are going to be completely free of charge. So what I mean by that is some lenders may still charge interest during your deferment. And so what you want to do is figure out who won't charge interest and who will and prioritize which bills to pay now, which ones to wait. So for federal student loans, for instance, there's a freeze on the interest that could be charged until at least September and maybe even longer. So for federal student loans, that's a great bill to defer right now if you're trying to kind of play Tetris with your with your budget and trying to figure out you know where to put your money. But for a private student loan, on the other hand, you will actually still accrue interest over those months, which might not seem like a lot of money, but it then will be added most likely to your total loan amount, which then means you now have a bigger balance to pay off and you're now going to pay interest on that interest. So if possible, that would be a bill I would recommend you paying. So just kind of figure out which of those you can defer again without that interest and which ones would probably be better to pay. And so that's kind of a big tip. And, and just having that financial plan in the back of your mind, taking note of all those those bills on a piece of paper so you can just see which ones to prioritize, I think would really help out. And then just try to figure out what would be my payment plan after we're, this is all said and done, how am I supposed to pay off these bills I deferred? Do I have to pay a lump sum? Because that's going to be really a lot for a lot of people. Or could we get onto a payment plan? And so I would try to re, I would try to negotiate that up front so you know how to handle that in the event that that happens. And um, and then go through your budget, cut non-essentials, right? That should just be a basic. But then look at where can you find some free services to swap out for the ones you're paying. A lot of people want to subscribe to Netflix, Hulu, and all these entertainment options to stay busy and, and occupied during the stay at home, right? Which makes sense. But you can, a lot of people don't realize that they can borrow digital streaming videos, movies, documentaries, even eBooks and audiobooks from the local library. So it just write online, apply for your library card, write online. You don't even have to pay for it. So that means you couldn't maybe then cut Netflix and Hulu. And it's not a lot of money, but maybe a $20 savings a month, which could help people. And then think about, um, oh, this is another big one. Shop around for your homeowners or auto insurance. Um, there could be better rates at competitors. I actually just did this and saved $1,000 on my annual premium. I also just refinance my mortgage. If you have a mortgage and a high interest rate and that payment just seems really big right now and that, then you're struggling to pay for everything else, refinancing could help lower that bill and also save you on interest. And then if you have credit card debt, look at transferring the balance to a new card that offers 0% interest on balance transfers, which would then buy you more time to pay off that card interest-free. 
So I know I'm throwing a lot out there for you, but the point is there are ways to save. There are ways to manage your budget. There are ways to cut the expenses you have to pay. So don't panic. Just do a little bit of research, compare rates, call your creditors, call your providers and negotiate the rates. Ask them what they're willing to do to keep you as a customer and to lower your bill. So don't panic yet. Just do some homework and some research. And I have all these tips on my website too, if, 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 if it's kind of all going over your head. I think what I'm taking away too is it's really about empowering yourself to really, you know, take charge. I think sometimes we, it can feel like, you know, it's all over there and it's sort of out of control, but I love the sense of, you know, getting on the phone. I've done this. And one of the most transformative things my husband and I ever did was when our kids were little, we set up just a weekly budget conversation, you know, because if for us, if one was doing it and the other wasn't, we start one, you know, whoever wasn't would get defensive around what was being spent, where or how. So when we just sat down and it was just, we understood if something was coming, whether for my business or his, you know, we, we were on the same plane and that taking control and really knowing I can call up a credit card, I can call up, I can ask for a different rate. I can really take control, be in the driver's seat. Yeah. And I think that is such a good point. I love that. Take control of your finances. A lot of people let their financial situation control them and dictate how they feel, how they act and prevent them from doing things where it's so important to look at your money as a tool to help you get to better places. And to you should feel excited about your money. You work hard for it. And your money really is there to help you create this life that you've dreamed of from what, whatever that is. And it's there's no right or wrong way to live your life and to use your money how you want. But don't let it control you. And yes, taking control means doing your research, getting on the phone, calling or shopping around. You do not have to stay with the same cable provider if there's a better rate elsewhere. But I t- bet you if you threaten to cancel, all of a sudden you'll magically get offered a new deal, right? So, um, I mean, and that goes with everything. And um, b- there are options out there. But I love that you're talking with your husband on a weekly basis about the budget. I mean, I think a lot of couples, in fact, this is something I've talked about often, the financial fights that come between two people, especially if you might come from two different financial backgrounds and views or were raised two different ways with managing money. And I know that that is, in my personal case, an issue. And the most important thing that we've realized is talking about those goals. Because if you don't have goals that you're both working towards together, then why why not go out to eat every day? What like what is the point of us cutting back? It, or what is the point of somebody making a sacrifice that they feel is a sacrifice because maybe that's how they want to spend their money? Um, you know, it's it's easier for you guys to stick to your budget if you have those goals in mind. If, if there's a reason why you're 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 being more restrictive in certain areas, but with that in mind. It's so important for everybody to also have their own little separate accounts. I think I'm definitely an advocate of having your own little fun money. And I prefer to keep it in a separate account just because then it's easier to um, avoid any annoying (laughs) conversations. But, you know, as long as my husband and I are 
putting money towards our kids' college fund, our retirement funds, and we have a separate savings account for um, some goals like we want to redo our back patio and vacation fund. Um, then, and, and of course, paying all of our bills and no debt, then spend the rest as you please. And maybe sometimes it's more one month than it is the next. But if he wants to go out to eat with his friends a couple of times a week at lunch just to get a break from the office, I don't like spending my money going out to eat. But then I'm not criticizing him. I'm not critiquing because I know that everything else is in line. I love that. I grew up that way as well. My mom would always say like, you know, you should always have a little bit that's just yours. And right. Um, so I, I agree. And I would always say to my husband, like, you need your own account. So if you're buying me a gift, I don't right. see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <know. laughs> That is so true. Right. And even maybe a reason to have a separate Amazon account. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, um, this podcast rock your joy is all about women cultivating joy. And I, you know, some, I, I think I'd love to hear from both on the subject of money, but also from a personal level as a mother and a, someone who's coaching and, you know, just as a, a human through this time of life, how are you cultivating joy at this point today? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm cultivating joy right in this moment because kids are napping, but <laughs> um, I think the what for me during this crazy time, I'm cultivating joy in a couple of ways. One, I am passionate about money and savings. And so right now there are so many people that are reaching out to me on Instagram or might see me on a TV show and then email me. And I am, you know, I don't have this much free time, but if I can get back to everybody with some personalized recommendations, not trying to get money from anyone for my recommendations. I want to just help as many people as possible. That really is something that brings me joy. In fact, I was, I did a story on my Instagram the other day about how we just closed on a refinance and how much we were saving. And I was in a conversation back and forth this morning for what was maybe 20 minutes, helping somebody figure out where they could find a lower rate. And that brought me so much joy and happiness because it sounded like they were going to actually move forward with it and save a lot of money. And so that to me is really important. And then from a personal perspective and family I'm just really enjoying not feeling this constant rush to go places and get to school on time and wake up and deal with cranky kids. I'm just going with the flow, not really setting my alarm every day um, and just enjoying that time. Like this is such a special time to be with family. And so um, just trying to see the silver lining in, in this experience, you know, being home, reading, coloring, and just finding that that one-on-one -on -one time with each kid and just building the bond. Yeah. It's a, a challenging time, but I think there's a lot of gifts in this time. Exactly. Just yeah. Just down and and being, especially with littles. There. Yes. Yes. And yeah. Cause you know, I look at, I look at the little one and she's already growing so fast and I know the time with her is momentary. So just trying to soak it up as best I can. But yeah, I mean, I have my moments where it doesn't feel <laughs> joyous. So, hey, I'm, I'm there with everyone, but just trying to stay positive. I love it. Well, we, we just, I always say we string moments of joy together and then, you know, that's how we just, they add up to, to more and more of the same. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here yeah, and sharing your time. sharing your wisdom. I really appreciate it. And um, where can people find you? Okay. So yeah, my website is andreawarrock.com and there I write 
different blog posts on many topics, everything from parenting and travel to obviously our current situation now. So if any of the tips I was talking about, you kind of want to get more information about, I actually have a little bit more actionable tips on my blog about managing your money during the pandemic. Um, And then also you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Andrea Warrock. I keep it really simple. As long as you know how to spell my name, you can find me. Great. And we'll put your um, links into the show notes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And we'll definitely follow along. Thank you for being here today. Yes. Thanks for having me and good luck with your kids. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore healthy living. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.